This is also the nearest stop to Fantasyland, where you'll find many of your favorite Disney animated characters and stories. If you'll be leaving us here, please wait until the train comes to a full stop. Remember your personal belongings, then step carefully from the train. Y'all have fun and say hi to Mickey for me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Three Guys and the Mouse. Josh here with my co-host Hunter. Hey, how's it going? Uh, George is not going to be with us tonight. Uh, sorry about the little bit of wait. Uh, I was super sick last week. But uh, we're back uh, to just to talk about Mandalorians four and five. So here we go. All right, like I said, uh, we're here to talk about the Mandalorian episodes that uh, the last two since we missed last week. Um, so first off, with the first episode in Sorgan, uh, how did you feel about it, Hunter? I liked it. Um, it, it was really fun just seeing like a. Kind of a shot of uh, giving more personality on him, especially seeing him uh, treat Baby Yoda like a child more. I know this is controversial, but I do like I like all the episodes, but I do think this one was the weaker one. But I it's because that. it felt like a little off in like the way it was told. I think Bryce Dallas Howard did an amazing job directing it. I thought the Female characters were strong uh, because there was the uh, Widow and then there's Cara Dune. Cara Dune, I love. Like, I wanted more. But it was just like something was off about the entire episode. And I talked about it, like, with my wife. And basically, we just felt like it was the whole concept that they were pushing. And, and it's like a TV trope, but the whole concept of, oh, you could just give it all up and just retire. And we were just like, I don't need that. And we already understand that he's he's on the run and he has to figure this out before he can do anything. And I just thought it was like kind of cheap because it's like we all knew there was no way that that was the easy way out of the story. Line. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I thought like everything else in it was great. The action. I love too. I feel like that's like, so this episode also I felt like brought in a new thing. Um, that I think is kind of important for these uh, Mandalorian episodes is without the Force and without the Jedi and the Sith and the Knights of Ren uh, and all that, I do like that they're kind of showing you like how truly terrifying these things really would be. Like yeah. the the ATST Raider, like they showed you like the true terror of seeing that if you were just a regular person with no like you know crazy Training, powers. Yeah. Uh, it would be like, that thing could literally, you know, take out an entire village yeah. or a city. And that's what uh, Cara Dune said. She was like, uh, what was it when they when they go to, like, investigate the, the or, guys? Yeah, it's when they tell them that they need, need yeah, to leave. Yeah, she's like, so you need to leave because I yeah. saw that, I've seen that thing destroy well-trained squadrons in a matter of minutes. Yes, and, and I thought that was uh, interesting, but like I said, I, I like the idea that they're showing you, like, these things would actually be formidable and terrifying if uh you you really had them it's that we we always see like luke skywalker and stuff or you know obi-wan and stuff fighting these things and you're just like oh these things really aren't that much of a threat yeah and it's like no they really would be it's that these people are like super powered basically yeah. and uh actually i like the build up to the episode especially when he's just in the bar relaxing uh trying to get the the child food <laughs> and then uh the he, little loth cat yeah there's a loth cat in yeah. there and then uh, was I love that little fight with uh, Kara doing that he has, because she's like you're here to hunt me. He's like what? No. And then they fight. 
They're just aiming their guns at each other, and they pan over the baby Yoda. Yeah, and with he's that just, little tea. He's like, do you want some soup? <laughs> uh, yeah, like, other than that, I thought everything else was good. It, it was definitely, it was the whole retirement thing I thought was, eh, I don't need that. I like that, yeah. Um, but I do, I do like that they showed you, because they gave you more to his backstory. Because you do um, get that he's not a true Mandalorian, because he's not actually one of their people. He's, he's adopted, yeah. And uh, you got that, and it was like, oh, okay, this builds on top of that. And it reveals the whole thing about the helmet. Um, I would say controversial, the helmet thing. Because it's like, we've seen multiple Mandalorians Remove take it. off their helmets. And now they're establishing, oh no, they're not allowed to ever take it off. And it's like, okay, when, when did this start? Uh, I mean, the, the only Mandalorian, um, which also is controversial to say he's a Mandalorian. But I'm saying, uh, screw you to George Lucas. The only Mandalorian that we've ever seen not take off his helmet is Boba Fett. Yeah. The uh, the two others that they've shown in the shows and, uh, you know, in the movies is Jango Fett, who took it off constantly. Yep. And, and, uh, and then you've also got uh, Sabine... Uh, Sabine Wren yeah, from... Um, from Rebels. Uh, Rebels, who My takes it off character. all the Dude. time. Yeah, and, like, it's weird. I get the the thought of it i mean well it's funny because that's from dave filoni so it's like it's the same guy who's writing this and i'm yeah. like why are you making like two different uh mandalorian things um i did want to discuss too a controversial thing about uh the mandalorians anyway because my friend and i were discussing it because it was like the rules and stuff and he revealed uh he told me he was like no he's like uh boba fett and jango fett are uh, mandalorians and i'm like what and uh it was in the clone Wars show uh, he pointed out to me, and I had to look it up, uh, George Lucas, in 2008, decided, uh, and he told D Dave Filoni he wanted them to do an episode of Clone Wars about the Mandalore, and he wanted them to reveal that Boba Fett and Jango Fett aren't uh, Mandalorians, that they, uh, that basically Jango Fett stole the armor from a Mandalorian, and he uses it for the icon of it, but it was just, like, so disturbing, it's like, why, like, you, you have a whole race of people that we don't really know that much about. And your idea was to make it more interesting is to say the most iconic one is not a true one. And, you yeah. know, I keep telling people, I'm like, George Lucas is an idiot because he revealed that Jango Fett and Boba Fett are just stolen valor. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. They're, they're literally your uh, most iconic characters. It's like, it's like saying, oh, Darth Vader, by the way. Never was a Jedi or a Sith. You know what he was? A Darth. You'd be like, what? Like, you can't just change these things out of nowhere. Uh, it's, it's stupid. Like, I love George Lucas, but he's he's starting to become a lot like uh, J.K. Rowling. Is where he reveals yeah. things and you're like, just every, stop. Every new thing he reveals just makes things a little worse. Because you're like, I doubt entirely that this was a planet you had. Yeah, like, I just saw a thing that they're like, oh, reports say that George Lucas was actually very upset with J.J. Abrams when it was revealed that uh, Palpatine was coming back in this third one. And people are like, George Lucas knew uh, there was no reason to rehash. I'm like, George Lucas wanted the new trilogy to be about a boy younger than Anakin was in episode one who uh, is Force-sensitive and he basically wanted to retell the Anakin story, but starting from a younger age and so showing in a slower pace him slowly turn evil and then ultimately be redeemed at the end. And I was like, why That's would that Darth be Vader your saga. idea? Yeah, I was like, you wanted to do a, another version of a story you already did. And then on top of that, he also wanted it to be very heavy 
on the true science of midi-chlorians. And I'm like, no one cares! No one was asking for more of that! You can, you can feel the eye rolls from people when people bring up midi-chlorians. You're like, just stop, please. And it's like Raylo. We don't want this. We don't, we need, don't this. need this. It's not a thing. Get over it. Oh, so man. But uh, that aside, uh, like I said, like I so very controversial. And then now you've got a... Uh, so, like, that's the other thing. My friend was saying, uh, what's upsetting is that in the Star Wars Legends, which is the old canon of the books, right. they revealed, uh, backstory to Boba Fett, where Boba Fett is not an actual Mandalorian. He was a foundling who was an orphan. He was taken in by the Mandalorians, trained, and given the armor, and that's why he's so great as a, uh, bounty hunter. And... I thought it was interesting that they kind of took that storyline and uh, adopted it into the Mandalorian. Right. But then at the same time, I'm annoyed because, like, at the uh, on the other part of that, my friend was pointing out, he's like, these stories about Boba Fett in the Legends uh, canon is amazing, and it's super upsetting to be like, and then George Lucas, for no reason, was like, nah, Boba Fett's not he's Mandalorian. A he's a fraud. And you're like, but, but why? Like, no. like, why was this a thing to you? Um, a little conspiracy theory from me, though, is I do feel like maybe they might be coming around to revealing, like, basically getting rid of that as canon. Because I'm like, even though technically Clone Wars and Rebels are both canon, they're also, like, like I said, it's like, are they really canon? Because Sabine takes off her helmet all the time, and they already said, oh, a Mandalorian is never allowed to. So it's like, okay, so... What are the circumstances? What are your rules here, then? Yeah. yeah. Where did they start? At what age? Yeah, because I thought maybe when they revealed the whole... Uh, what is it? When she's like... Uh, when, when that one, like, big brute guy is like, you're not even really, like, a, a man or And he was like... And the, the uh, matriarch or whatever, she's like, has your helmet been removed by an enemy? He's like, no. And she's like, okay, then. Yeah. Has it been removed by you or an enemy? He's like, no. And she's like, cool. See, he's a Mandalorian. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I do like that, too, that they kind of show you that he's trying to prove himself to a culture uh, that he's, like, trying to be a part of, which is interesting, too. And um, I, I just think, like, I think so far what we've gotten, everything is interesting. Like, it's all world building. I like that we're always going to different uh, worlds that we've never seen before, but they're like very, they're, like, very different things than what we've seen in Star Wars. And uh, I also love that we're seeing different aspects of the world, um, you know, and, and this is like right after Return of the Jedi. But I love, too, that, you know, uh, we already saw that they didn't understand when the baby Yoda used the force. He didn't understand what he yeah. saw him do. And uh, the character, what's his name? Cool or Kuehl or whatever. Yeah. He he even said, he's like, I, he's like, explain it to me again because he like, didn't understand. Yeah, he's like, it. I don't understand what happened either. Um, I, I like that. So, to move on to the second episode, the one that came yeah, out this yeah, past chapter, week. Chapter 5. Yeah. So, this one, um, I really liked. Oh but, God. uh, the, my note is that this is the first one where they went to a place we already knew. Because they went to Mos Eisley. Yep. And on top of that, uh, you know, um, I just read an inter- or, uh, interview. I just read an article where they were kind of criticizing the show. Uh, saying that the only reason why the show's doing so well is because there's so much fan service. And he pointed out, he's like, like in this past episode, um, the new character, the uh, uh, Karelian, he's a Karelian smuggler. He was sitting in the same booth, uh, sitting just like Han Solo. And you could see the blaster mark over his head that was from Greedo shooting at uh, huh. Han Solo. And 
I was like, I don't count that though, because I'm like, that was like, we only noticed that because people online were like, hey, what yeah, the? Cool. They're like, is this a yeah. reference? Um, I, but that aside, I liked this episode. I thought it was really cool. That rookie was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I liked uh, the little rookie member, and I liked, uh, what's her name? Ming Na. Uh, yeah. I liked her character, but um, I also liked. Uh, I was a little annoyed that they killed him off so quickly. I know. But I thought it was interesting that he uh, decided to double across both of them. But then my thing was, wouldn't it make sense that he would try to get her to help him? Because it's like he he should have known that he was outgunned by him. And that was the thing is, uh, me and Dad were talking about it afterwards. I'm like, it was a great episode. I'm like, but if you think for a second this is the guy who betrayed the guild and had a shootout with them and escaped with his life... That's a guy who's not to be messed with, because that means that By in yourself. a firefight, he was taking on many people before he had his next save. Yeah, and, and that, I agree. I'm like, I, I thought it was a little silly. I was like, he thought he could take him on by himself. I'm like, he doesn't even know what he's doing yeah. like now. Like, uh, what, he would have been killed by her if it wasn't for him, so it's like... I was half expecting it, because, like, I think I think they purposely did it just to avoid what I was thinking they were going to do, which was, uh, I thought by the end of it, he was going to join up with him and be like, you don't want to join the guild... They're a bunch of idiots. I guess uh, you could say that from a story point that that would have been an issue, would have been being like, well, what do we do with him now? Because now he knows where he is, and he know, and he can be like, oh, well, I've seen him. Yeah. Uh, I do think, though, for me, like, from a story standpoint, I think it would have made more sense that he would have used, uh, used it to his advantage and just been like, oh, well, I'll just uh, have him help me now and then pretend like I didn't know. But then he would now be integral to the guild because they're like, well, now we need, we're right. trying to find him. You, you well, saw where, him. where, uh, what do you know of him? True. And that would have been a little more interesting, but it was also an easy story point to just kill him. Just like, whatever. Yeah. Well, that, and they, they, this series has been a, doing a good job of giving us one-off characters where it's like, I want more, but, but I don't like, I'm all right with it. Yeah. Uh, I think I said it before. It's like, it's very reminiscent to Doctor Who. And that's what I like is that, they give you, like, interesting characters, they give you, like, a little bit about them, and it kind of gives you that they have a backstory, but then at the same time, they're not invested, like, you, like, this character will be forever on here. It's yeah. like, no, he might be in just this one. Like, he might die then, he might just never be seen again, we don't know. But Kara Toon better come back. She's done I'm, so much, like, promotion, I'm 100% she sure that she's gonna be back, because... They're heavily, uh, they're heavy-handedly she's, implying yeah. that he's gonna have a crew. She still is, uh, like, doing stuff for them. Yeah. So I'm like, that's why, like, when, when it turned out that, uh... IG-11? Well, no, when it turned out that, uh, what was her name? Fink, or whatever? Uh-huh. <coughs> when it turned out she was evil? You know, Ming-Na? Yeah. Uh, I, I was not surprised, because I was like, I mean, we knew she was in the show, but we also... Like, they were not talking about her, so I, I had a feeling, I'm like, she's only in, in an episode, and she's probably a bad guy. I mean, because um, it did have that little, like, stinger part where somebody walked up to her body, but I'm like, that's probably just yeah. to track the Mandalorian. So, yeah, and I was going to talk about that. So, I've already seen people, everyone online is convinced it's Boba Fett. I'm like, that's dumb. I uh, don't Because want Boba Fett, well, they already said Boba Fett's not in this season, and they said maybe he'll come in the next one. So, I'm like, why would it be Boba Fett? But, uh, and That'd this be an is... an awful long stinger for Well, them. this, this is... And I, I said this to my wife. I'm like, for me, uh, it's a little bit of me just knowing a little too much. Is that I'm pretty sure I already know who it is. And I think it's, um... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Gus 
from uh, Breaking Bad. I think it's his character. Oh. The, uh, you know, uh, yeah. I believe he's supposed to be, like, an Imperial general or something like that. But it's, like, I'm pretty sure it's his character because it's, like, we already, it was already established she's uh, Imperial. She was an Imperial, like, sharpshooter, like, uh, for them. And I was just, like, we haven't seen him yet, but they had already said that when they announced that he was in the show, they said that he was, like, uh, one of the main antagonists. So I'm just, like, he, there's only a couple of episodes left. I'm like, when is he showing up? Yeah. So I'm like, that, that's gotta be him. And uh, I, I discussed it with my buddy, because obviously it works everybody, even people who don't like Star Wars, we're all hooked on the show. And, uh, which, which is a side thing, like, I think it's amazing that even Star Wars fans, uh, or even non-Star Wars fans are loving the show. But, we were, I was talking about, I'm like, I'm like, man, I was like, the ending's probably building up to him gathering people that he's already worked with for some sort of epic showdown with yeah. Whoever it is he has to deal with. Well, we also know that uh, grief is going to come back eventually. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, Carl Weathers. So, like, we're we're waiting on those things. But, yeah, so far I'm just, like, love every second. Oh, I love uh, the mystery. I love, um, I mean, I, I know my coworkers, uh, some of them are like, oh, I rewatch each episode at least five times. And I'm like, that's crazy. Like, I've rewatched a couple of them. But, I mean, hats off to, to Phil Noy, uh, Favreau, and literally yeah. everybody that gets to work on the show. John Favreau is definitely, uh, we said it before, but he is the MVP of the new Star Wars universe. Yeah. And he has shown that. Like, he he is he's, obviously the guy who should be uh, running. He's there, Kevin Feige, essentially. Yeah. Um, the only, uh, so I wanted to talk about, the other thing was Rise of the Resistance opened, finally, at uh, Walt Disney World. Hunter did not watch, has not watched the videos um, I couldn't contain myself, so I did. First of all, I love that they did they did do the uh, X-Wings for the opening, which was amazing. Uh, that that was super cool. Uh, I thought that was so full, well done. Full disclosure, I did watch some clips, like the, um, the Kylo Ren stuff. I watched that because I was like, I couldn't contain myself with that. But the actual ride itself, I didn't watch yeah. too much so, of. So that's the thing, though. It's like, so this is what I wanted to talk about because I was tweeting about it earlier because it was annoying me. So... The conversation before the ride opened were, was everyone online was like, this ride better be amazing or else this entire land is a failure. And <sighs> Disney's ownership of Star Wars is a failure. Ride opens it. and it's like unanimous. Everyone is like, holy The holy. greatest thing I've ever seen as an attraction. And now the conversation I'm seeing on Twitter is the Disney fans going, if Rise of Skywalker is not amazing... <laughs> Star Wars Galaxy's Edge was for no reason. Rise of the Resistance is ultimately going to be a forgettable ride. And I'm like, you all, you, you just, just keep making a new thing on top of These this. These guys sound awful like uh, that that stupid analysis who just predicts Brady's downfall every year. And yes, like, Max Keller. You're, like, you're, you're not going to be right just because you say it a thousand yeah. times a year. If you say it every week, it doesn't make it right when it happens. It means that you were just from the get-go hating. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, yeah, like, so, uh, like I said, I watched the videos. Um, I mean, you can go ahead and talk about them. They are, they're mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing what they pull. I yeah, already knew. Everything I've read, they said yeah. that. Everything they tried to pull off, they pulled we, off. We've talked about it, and it's like, you know, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but we already knew about it. And we already knew that the concept was that it starts initially from the line. That in the queue, you get given your mission brief. You're supposed to be helping the resistance. You get on a transport. You go, uh, you're going to go to the rendezvous. You get, uh, 
disrupted by uh, being attacked by the First Order. A tractor beam pulls the ship in. Uh, the doors open on the other side of the transport ship, and it's the um, it's the Star Destroyer, and you see like the troops and the full size X wings. But man, like, and, and that was my thing. It's like I did not think that they could really surprise me because I'm like I pretty much know what this ride is, and they blew me away. Like, it doesn't matter what and you think you do. This is just videos of it. And I was just like, you have blown my mind with what the... Because it's a full... It's like 16, 17 minutes long for the full experience. And you're just like watching it just amazed. Like, this is... You're legit in this like experience at this moment. Because it's like everything is done so well. First of all, they did not tell us that in the transport, there is an animatronic of a Mon Calamari. Uh, it's a... Uh, lieutenant beck he's supposed to be like uh the guy helping you out right right and they did not say that that was inside the transport ship and when i saw i was like he is in the ship where you can see everything is close up so you can see everything very close to you and i was just like and mind you again these are videos that i'm watching and some of them are shot on iphones and i'm just like everything is close and everything looks spectacular the so like the other part is, like, when you get off in the um, Star Destroyer, the uh, First Order comes up, and they're like, come with us, traitors, and they lead you down the hallway, and that's when they split you into groups for interrogation. You go in the interrogation room, and they, uh, it's above you, and it's obviously, it's it's a screen. Like, I'm not an idiot. Yeah. But I'm like, the way they pulled it off, I, I just, I was flabbergasted watching it. I'm like, I can't wait to see this for real, because it's like, it's a screen behind like uh like kind of a window with like uh shades on it okay so you can see a stormtrooper walking side to side but um and and you know i i could make assumptions on how they do it but to me it's like i feel like a kid i'm like i don't know how they did it it's magic i don't care i know it's a screen and he's walking back and forth but he's walking back and forth but uh with a light behind him and he's casting a shadow as he's walking and i'm like how are they pulling this off? I'm what like, is going on? What a good trick. And then Hux and Kylo Ren show up. And the same thing. When they show up and walk in frame, same thing. You see a shadow following them as they move. And I'm like, this is so well done. And then this is what I love more. It's like, so they they leave. And they're like, oh, uh, we'll be back. Because there's like a power or something. I, I don't know what's going on. Um, and they leave. And you're standing there inside the interrogation room. And then the wall lights up. Uh, and it's supposed to be the, uh, it's supposed to be someone cutting the wall open and then the wall opens up and it's a resistance fighter. And he's like, this is a prison break. He's like, get in the transports. And I'm like, this is where the ride starts. I'm like, already. yeah. And I'm like, when, when the wall opened and the ride vehicles are right there and he's like, uh, he's like, get on the transports. He's like, we're getting you out of here. I was just like, what (laughs) is this? I'm like, they just loaded you on the ride seamlessly in story. They were like, get on quickly. We need to get moving. And then immediately Lieutenant Beck comes on. He's like, make sure you keep your hands and arms inside. And I'm like, this is a ride. I'm like, this is crazy. (laughs) And that's the crazy, what's even crazier about this is, uh, any listeners might remember when we were talking about the, the part of the, the line opening, we were like, we know Millennium Falcon is the first to open, but they've already heavy-handedly implied that the better ride is, is taking the longer. Resistance. Yeah, and, and I know I had said it before. I'm like, I knew Smuggler's Run looked to me like it was the afterthought ride. Like, they were just like, yo, it's basically uh, Star Tours. Yeah, like, only you're controlling the ship. And, and that's what it looks like. 
But this ride just blew my mind. I didn't, and mind you, I did not even talk about the actual attraction because after that is where you're going through to the escape, and I'm just like, that's really this you. is so great. Oh, as oh you see, like God. the Imperial Walk, and, and, stuff, and, and there's oh, like no! a cu- there's like a couple things in there that I'm like, I don't want to spoil it for people. That I was just like, I was watching and I was just like, I was flabbergasted. I'm like, the way they pulled this off, I'm like, I can't believe this. Uh, so one one other thing I also want to, you know, make fun of is, so Diz Twitter wants to hate this ride so bad that uh, one of the that things is, taking? well, no, uh, not Diz Twitter. I'm saying the Disney Twitter community. Oh, okay. Uh, so they wanted to hate the ride so bad. Uh, they immediately reported when it went down because it broke down. And so far, I think it's broken down like every day, but it's broken down for like 40 minutes every day. So not uh, even which, long enough to yeah, make it necessary is, to leave. Well, yeah, but it's like, it's kind of surprising. And then you know, on top of that, when it breaks down and they make people leave the line because they're like, oh, well, we don't know how long this is going right, to take. Right. They've been giving them fast passes to return and an additional park hopper ticket. And they're like, oh, you know, we're so sorry about the inconvenience. And I'm like, what the? They're I'm giving like, you a full day. Yeah, and I'm like, 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 here you go, we apologize. Yeah, and I'm like, this is, I've never seen them do this like this. But uh, that to means me, it, this attraction is that big of a deal. Well, it's no, like, I, I think it's because of the thing that, and I talked about it before, it was, it became like vile online when the Hagrid ride opened and it broke down the first day and people who were standing in line for six hours we're being told, oh, you gotta leave, and they're like, well, do we get like a fast pass or something? And they're like, no. no. You're like, and um... people were complaining online, and Universal's actual Twitter was responding, oh, you shouldn't have waited in line then. And it was just like, what? Like your attitude was basically screw you for waiting. Yeah. And so instead of doing the right thing and be like, hey, you know what? We'll work something out. They're like, eh, whatever. Uh, the, this is another thing too, where I'm like, this is where I I have to give the props to Disney, but also my hate. So they're trying to do something that's never been done. And it's about you not standing in line. Like, we all heard that about the stupid water park, uh, Volcano Bay. Yeah. You'll never wait in line. Not true. You're going to wait This thing, they want, they honestly want you to not have to wait. And that's the whole thing is, like, the boarding passes we had to deal with at Disneyland. They revealed at Disney World that that was for Rise of the Resistance. And that's how they're doing the fast, or that's how they do the queue, is that you jump on a... Uh, you jump on the app, you join a boarding group, and then they tell you when to come back. And that's the thing is that... Uh, so that's like a, it's, is it like a virtual <coughs> wait to get into the line then, right? Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that they're like, there's a certain capacity to this ride. And they're like, and there's no reason for you to wait for hours to not get on it. Okay, because uh, when you first signed I remember I sent a little bit of hate. I'm like, that's stupid. But that's because I couldn't find any links telling me what the hell was going on. Yeah, and that's the thing where I'm like... It's confusing because, like, us as, uh, you know, theme park enthusiasts and, uh, or even as a tourist, you don't understand that. It's like, why why wouldn't I just wait in line? Yeah. Like, it'd be easier if I just wait in line. And they're like, no, because you might wait in line and not get on it. Yeah. It's and like, that's why they don't want you wasting gonna, your day. We're going to say, hey, you know, like, maybe you're walking around at, like, 7 o'clock. They're like, hey, I mean, by the way, you can get in now. The easiest example I can give is when I went to Animal Kingdom a couple of years ago. And uh, I was there with my mom. It was just for the day. Uh, it was not even the day. It was like for six hours because uh, I had a show to do later that day, whatever. And um, what I what I thought was funny is that we got there and we got there at opening and we ran down there and the uh, flight of passage was already a four hour wait. And my mom was like, do you want to wait? And I told her, I was like, honestly, I'm like, this is how I'm analyzing it. I'm like, we can either ride everything that's in the park or wait for this one ride. And I was like, we're going to ride everything. We even rode the 
stupid um <laughs> the stupid co- uh what, what is it called the um, the which one the river uh, navi no the oh, navi the Gener- river, the, the, the river yeah. journey uh we wrote that and, and that's also where i'm like I, I i don't mean to be a hater uh but i kind of am because like i'm listening to podcasters that i love and i respect talking crap about star wars land because they're like oh the millennium falcon ride is just a meh at best they're like it's not like avatar everything in avatar was good and i'm like uh safari mike said it the best uh you know if you don't know him um mike from uh radio harambe he said it best he was like uh the way he thinks of it is he's like imagine if avatar opened and flight of passage didn't open with it you just had the river ride and mind you uh safari mike loves the river ride but he admits he's like people would have hated and they would have they would have said that that land was a failure and i'm like yeah because i went on that ride i went on it twice and my mom and i were both like i don't know what's going on uh and we were confused i'm visually pleasing well like we were confused and then like the the uh you know for that thing the whole thing is at the end of it you get to see this amazing animatronic but it's like other than that you're like what did i just witness like this was like a weird there's no story you're just, you're no just like, yeah you're just riding through i scenery. mean honestly it reminds me of the uh you know the radio <laughs> the radio disney cruise that they had at animal kingdom where it was just like what is this like why are we just going oh, around the discovery the boats yeah. where they were like they, they rebranded it and it failed yeah. anyway and they're like so i guess we're closing it <laughs> yeah um but uh i yeah so I, I wanted to say that though because i'm like everyone's hating because it broke down, and then they're hating the uh, boarding groups, and then, which I love, like, uh, it was, like, today or yesterday, uh, I read that people started complaining because Disney caught wind that people were riding it more than once in a day, uh, because, you know, they knew how to do it, and then, you know, you've got these tourists that are like, I don't know how to get on this ride, they're like, right. I don't understand what you're describing, so Disney now put a thing on there where you can only ride it once in a day, and people are getting mad, they're like, you're telling me a fan of the Disney parks, I'm only allowed to ride this attraction like, once. And yes. what I love is that the reaction online, uh, well, from some people like me, uh, where our reaction is like, yeah, because you are a local, you should not be able to ride it a thousand times because you know better than yeah, someone and, else. And that means that you're also taking advantage of the fact that these poor tourists are like there to have fun. They're like, I don't understand how this app is working. Yeah. And, and that's what I hate is, uh, that's also where, so that's where I was getting to earlier where I'm a little negative is I'm like, people, like, it's so hard where they're trying to, like, retrain tourists on how they want tourists to use this app and how they want to experience the parks. And I can't help but, like, and you can say I'm being lazy or whatever, but I'm like, I, I don't see the reason to do it. I'm like, people understand waiting in a line and they understand that sometimes you wait in a line and you don't get what you wanted. People don't understand. I have to get on my phone and book to get on the ride. And then I still might not get on it anyway. Right. Uh, I'm like, that's the thing is like, you're trying to change your culture and they don't understand what you're doing. But I do give them the accolade that they're trying because they have doubled down on this tenfold because the the whole thing is that the Star Wars line, that's what they've done the entire time with it is that they're like, we don't want you waiting we want you to book it and come back later for it. Right, and again, um, I, I'm probably a good example of what happens when it, when it's when it's worked properly, where it's like I was mad, but once it's explained and kind of dumbed down for you, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. this isn't actually that complicated. Yeah, but you know, it, it becomes complicated because it's like ultimately you don't want to learn. Yeah, 
But it's kind of like the other part, too, where I'm like, uh, I disagree with people when they say Star Wars Land would have been better if it would have been Mos Eisley. I'm like, people forget. I, I think we said it last time, too. People forget Mos Eisley is a desert. We live in a desert. There's nothing pretty about it. It would have been It's hot. Dirt. It's dirty. Yeah, it like, would have been dirt. That's what it would have been. What they did is they gave you a place that feels like Star Wars. However, I will agree, um, and I heard this from uh, Dave uh, McBride on Radio Harambe, and he's a Star Wars fan. He was criticizing that the Star Wars land, you know, Galaxy's Edge, is a new place we've never seen. And he said, what doesn't make sense is the evil Bob, Bob Chappick, who runs the <laughs> parks, that he has said many times, our guests want to want to go to these places that they see in the movies. But then they're like, why did you make the Star Wars land a place we've never then seen? Why we to? Yeah. And then like, I'm like, that's I totally agree where it's like it doesn't your statement doesn't make sense then. It's like I, the it was either make uh, make things that, um, you know, give the. Uh, the audience the chance to be a part of the experience or oh, make the land so they, they are let them live the land uh and experience the land that they see in movies uh and they're not you know they're passing through it like i love cars land but i'm like i i honestly and this is like a positive and negative i honestly think one of the best things about cars land is it's passive i'm experiencing everything passively because i'm not a car i yeah. never will be no matter how much I try, I will never be a car. But I know all this stuff from the movie, and I've seen it. Right. So I can experience it passively. Like, this looks so cool, well, but I'm not a car. What's funny about that is that you bring it up is that the second that we got into to Galaxy's Edge, not just me and you, but, like, our entire family, we all geeked out, and we were immediately like, I'm living Star Wars. Yeah. This is amazing. Um, I do like, though, and we had heard this before. This is another thing I wanted to bring up. So uh, they start bringing out these uh, these new carts oh, yeah. uh, for the sodas. And they're all themed to each soda. And they have a droid on the back of it. Uh, they also have buttons on it that don't work yet. But uh, they're obviously to interact with the robot. Um, but what I love is that this is one of the things that we initially heard about was like roaming free robots and stuff. And people were like, where are they? But, you know, the, the rumors were that Disney ultimately nixed it for now because they were like oh when it opens it's going to be so gangbuster they're like we're we need to have the space and now they're bringing all this stuff out slowly and you're like oh this is actually super cool cool." um for the opening of uh, rise of the resistance they had a lightsaber duel between kylo ren and ray on like the raptors and that was another thing where like you saw it and it's like this was obviously supposed to happen every day and you're just like why have we not had this uh and I agree. I'm like, we should have more of that. But um, I'm also like, you know, it's also serviceable without. But, I'm, you know, of course, you should never go, ah, it's okay without it. Why, yeah, why I do mean, it? That would make sense, actually, that there's supposed to be more interaction. Because whenever we go there, we always have the luck to see the uh, the stormtroopers on the rafters just kind of walking around patrolling. Well, I mean... And, and it looks like it was built for a lot more than just yeah. walking around. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing, too, is like, I do think and this is another thing that i feel like people will will be real negative on me on and some people will agree just because of what i'm saying but um i and i've said it many times i think the star wars land would have ultimately been smarter to not be set in any of the movies and just be star wars like as a land with all characters there like no one would have been griping about seeing boba fett 
and uh or like seeing like you know Django Fett and Han Solo in the same area they would have been like whatever because like we love Star Wars but I also understand what they're doing that they're like this is a real experience that you're experiencing and I'm like I get it but I'm like as a tourist like tourists don't want to think about it they don't want to do research right I think it would have made more sense for the land to just be basically a Star Wars land that lives like in the saga and you can see just all characters randomly. Yeah. yeah. And and I get that, because, like, I love how they set it up. But at the same rate, because it's set in, our, in the sequel trilogy, it nixes the idea of seeing um, Boba Fett, for at least a time being, Han Solo walking around. Yeah, I mean, they could have also... Realistically, they could have also done it... Um, they could have done it anyway with Han Solo. Because, like, I, I also think one of the main failures of uh, the Millennium Falcon ride is I'm like, I don't want Hondo there. And uh, I heard uh, podcasters complain about where they're like, who's this guy? I've never even heard of him. And I'm like, that's that funny. But... Well, I'm like, that's on you. Like, you don't know that because you don't care to know. But he's from Clone Wars. He's from Rebels. But I'm like, at the same time, I'm like, no, most people don't know who that is. Why did you throw him in here? It would have been so much. Uh, no one would have argued timeline if it was Han Solo. Orlando. Uh, uh, if it would have been old Han no one would have been like, how dare they? They would have been like, this is amazing. Yeah. To have Han jump on there and be like, uh, hit the jump to light speed. I would have been like, I got you, Captain. Like, yeah. I would have hit that thing. But, you know. No, I mean, because come to think of it, had it been Han or Lando or somebody else, they could have had funnier interactions like, hey, don't damage my ship. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it, you know, we didn't get it. I'm not going to, whatever. It's not a great thing. Yeah. I can live without it. I just would have preferred it yeah. that way. But, you know, um, like I said, that's the difficulty, though, of, like, building a land is it's, like, uh, and uh, this kind of goes into the Imagineering story. Uh, they talk about, they're like, you know, there's a big difference between, like, uh, making a land based on an IP and making a land. Because they're like, when you make a land, uh, you can throw whatever you want in there. And the, uh, they and do point out, they're like, sense. the complication of making a land based on an IP is people have a preconceived notion of that IP already. And you're, you have to, even though people think it's easy, it's like, it really isn't because you have to live up to what they're already yeah, thinking. Yeah, i.e. Star Wars, uh, the Marvel Land. I know it's it's not going to be as big of a deal as Star Wars. Nothing ever will be. But, like, the, the Marvel Land, uh, we've, we've made jokes about some of the right ideas because we're like, well, that's kind of yeah. thrown together. I think the Marvel Land is, I think, I'll, I think it's going to be bad. Uh, I, I hate to say it. And I know, I know you're rolling your eyes because you oh, love yeah. everything Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Like, Hunter will never hate anything they do. But I, I see... For Dark World. I see what, I see what they're planning, and I'm just like, this looks like an afterthought. Like, I'm like, this, this oh, looks no, like you threw it was. together. It's kind of like what, what, my, what could have happened with Star Wars Line had the people making Star Wars Line not had the love for Star Wars that they clearly had when they were planning it. Because yeah. this one's being... The, this, this Star one, Wars is, a, is set in a sequel series, and it's, it opened a year before the last film, or the yeah. year that the last film came out. Uh, this, yeah, this the, the Marvel Land to me looks like what they said is they were like, yo, put Marvel in the parks. I don't care how. And also, it needs to only include characters that are alive after Endgame. Because it's, like, very obvious that they're not going with their base heroes, which are Iron Man and Captain America. And it's like, no one would have argued Iron that's Man another one, and yeah. Captain if, America. If I see man. Cap walking around, if I see Iron Man walking around, I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, I'm not going to sit there. Uh, technically, which time period are we at? I'm like, no, whatever. Especially since we're calling it Avengers Campus. Yeah, 
And even at the in Hong Kong Disneyland, their meet and greet with Iron Man, I still don't get why we don't have that. That thing is so cool. It's the same thing as the Kylo Ren. It talks by itself based on motions. I don't understand why we don't have it. And, and I, I just I just keep thinking. I'm like, you want to push these new characters on me so hard, but you're unwilling to give me the characters I want. Yeah. You, you I want Captain America, here. Thor, and Iron Man as meet and greets. You can have Black Panther and Doctor Strange and Spidey. Oh, I mean, Spidey's a he's Huge. a main character yeah. too. But that's that's not even based on the movie. He's just Spider Man anyway. Captain Marvel was character. Yeah, but like Captain Marvel, Ant Man. I'm like, I I would like to see them. Black Widow, but I don't care about seeing them all the time. Like if you were like every once in a while one of them comes out, I'd be like, oh cool, Black Panther's out today. But if I don't see Iron Man, Captain Cat, America. Thor. Thor and Spider-Man, I'm just like, oh, well, why would I wait? Because, I mean, every time I've gone over to the uh, current, like, California soundstage stupid backlot area, if I don't see Spider-Man, I just keep walking. I'm like, I'm not stopping over this area. Uh, Honestly, the last group that we we saw that we had to take a picture with, just because we had never seen them out before, was Hawkeye and... and, um... Oh, Black, Black Widow. Widow. We were like, oh, hey, I've literally never seen these guys walking around before, so we got a quick picture of them. That was really it. Because, I mean, I love Black Panther, and I love the guards, but they're they're out there so often, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. There they are. Like, okay, I, I see them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but on that tangent, I guess we'll end there. <laughs> uh, I do want to thank you guys for listening. Um, I know I posted it on, like, our Instagram and stuff, but... Uh, I did get, like, I didn't know that Spotify gives me, like, specific numbers. Yeah. And we have, like, a huge amount of li- listenership on there, which I was surprised about. I don't know how many people truly listen, but uh, we've said it We've said it many times. Even if there was no one listening, we do this just because we want to. Like, even if it was just Nathan. This is, <laughs> this is us at family get-togethers. Like, honestly, yes. like, the entire family is always, like... Different groups of Disney talking. If you know us, it's like, if you see us on a daily basis, it's like, what you're going to hear is football, Star Wars, and Disney. Disney. Those are the main things you're going to hear. Your life you're not getting much out of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we want to thank you guys again for listening. Uh, you can hit us up uh, and talk to us online. We've got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. They're all going to be at 3GATM Podcasts. Um, I say po- uh, I say it's the podcast. I'll say things as we, but it's always gonna it's, be me. It's gonna be you. Uh, but uh, you can also hit me up on my personal. It's uh, Geo Comedy, G I O C O M E D Y. Uh, you can hit Hunter up. Uh, if you really, really want to, it'd be the best area would be on Instagram, uh, Disney Guy Twenty Four. Yeah, and uh, also make sure to subscribe, follow, listen to us on Spreaker, iTunes, and Spotify. You can direct download from our website. It's geocomedy.com slash 3GATM. But once again, thank you guys for listening. And, uh, you know, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Ka-chow.